or I have an emotional reaction to something. That's 90 seconds to two minutes. The emotion, the chemical rush of my body will go away. Anything past two minutes, I I have a choice. I can change it. So when I get and my wife and I, we believe this. So, so we let each other have that two minutes and then we look at, and it's, I should say we, she looks at me and she goes, are you done? And I'm like, I look at her and we smile and I said, I'm done. Like, there's no point to just drag this out. Life is way too fragile. Life is way too short time. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back. It's me, Tahir Danish. Welcome back on Chasing Happiness. Today's episode is going to be a hell lot of valuable. And before diving onto this episode, I really want to thank every single one of you for tuning into this episode and this show. This show is going to provide a hell lot of value to every single one of you. And we focus on chasing happiness not exactly chasing it but staying happy and believing in what we do and having an impact on the world and exactly with our theme today's guest is jeremiah campbell thank you so much jeremiah sir for being on this show he is an absolutely fascinating person to know more about him Let me tell you, he has been five times to rehab centers because of his drugs and alcohol addiction. From that person and being broke and having nothing, staying in his family, uh, staying in his mom's house. Today, he owns a multi-million dollar company which hits millions in Revenue this year has hit more than a million in revenue, in fact, 5 million in revenue, and is the largest business in his state, Michigan, in the United States, in his niche. He has also been married for more than 8 years now. He has been with his wife for 13 years. He has 2 kids, and more than any of his achievement, the absolutely fascinating thing is he's a super humble honest guy he in this episode he is completely vulnerable really honest about what he is and what he means and i just want to thank you jeremiah if you're listening it really means a lot to me and my listeners that you have been on this show this episode is really a very fascinating conversation between me and jeremiah And we're just sharing this conversation with you guys. So I really hope and believe you guys are going to love it. You can follow Jeremiah on Instagram and Facebook. The links will be down below in the description. And so let's roll in the intro and let's start this episode. So, I was just, you know, researching about you, right? So, I was uh, researching about you. I was trying to research because there's nothing I could find. And so, I thought I'm going to know everything from you. And then I just uh, opened your Instagram account and I I remembered that there's a link to a podcast that you've been to. So, I just uh, opened that link. It was an Apple podcast, right? So, I, I started listening. And it was by Chris Harder, I guess. So he was introducing. And what I heard just 
gave me goosebumps. You have been five times to rehab centers for being addicted to drugs and alcohol? Yes, sir. Five times. Wow. Like, that is something I could not even imagine that the guest I'm going to interview has been five times. Like, that's been so, wow. I was just surprised to hear that and... And I was I was really shocked to hear that because I, I had no idea about you and I, I, I knew I'm going to interview and I knew that you work in a real estate company and you've been married for eight years. That's all everything I knew. But then when I heard that you've been five times to rehab centers, I was like, you got to be kidding me, this man. And and I also listened to. So as soon as I listened to that part, I just paused the podcast and I was like, I'm not going to listen to this. I'm going to listen the entire story from y- you yourself, I right? That, yeah. So, so let's start this. So, uh, tell me something the very basic about you. Like, introduce yourself. That's it. So, I'm 33 years old. I've been with my wife now for, I think, 13 years. We've been married for eight. We have two kids, five years old, uh, and my youngest will be two in December. Two boys. Um, I grew up in a very normal middle class, uh, middle, middle, middle of the middle class road in the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. Um, there was no blue, there was no entrepreneurship or really successful people as far as finances go anywhere in, in either side of my family. Um, drug abuse and alcoholism runs on both sides. It's a very blue collar area where we're the Motor City. We so everybody that you know growing up somehow is affected by the auto industry. So I was raised in a very, um, you go to work and you get things done. You want, you want nice things in your life. You work overtime um, with the beliefs uh, that your biggest investment you'll ever make is your house. Uh, the, if, you, if you're super successful, you can pay your mortgage payment with one uh, of your paychecks. Uh, that you can take one vacation maybe once every other year. Very, very average, very mediocre lifestyle. And, um, and growing up, I was I was extremely blessed. My mom worked two jobs. My dad always worked overtime. I never went without anything. So it was it wasn't like I was uh, abused or sheltered or anything like that. I had an amazing childhood. Uh, I have uh, three siblings. So I have an older sister. She's three years older than me, and I have a older brother that's a year older than me. And then my little brother was he was three years younger than me, and he died of a, a drug overdose when he was eighteen. So yeah, yeah, I heard that. I'm so sorry. Two, yeah, thank you. It was two, 12 years ago, um, two days ago to the date. And um, so I, I made a promise. So it's not to fast forward anything, but uh, I, I, drugs and alcohol were, they were pretty prevalent. Like people that were smoking cigarettes and smoking marijuana and, and starting to take prescription pills and things like that. So we didn't know. They, we knew that drugs were bad because we had dare which was this drug you know drug awareness and so we knew what it was about but it, it, we, none of us ever took it serious so when i was about 15 16 years old my parents went through a really bad divorce um then i started doing a lot of heavy drinking in high school the drinking turned to marijuana and then when i was 18 years old i had a really good job making a lot of money while going to college and a couple of my buddies started uh taking vicodin and oxycontin and that's where my addiction really progressed. And from that day, now you 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 own the company or work there? No, so um, 
from 18, I went to my first inpatient rehab. I never thought that it would be an issue because I always had money to buy the drugs and alcohol. So at one point, I realized that I got laid off from my job because they didn't want me, they didn't want me to work here anymore. And, and what what happened was I quit showing up on time. I was an all star. I went from a hero to a zero very fast when I started using prescription drugs on a daily basis. Um, then I got laid off from the from the place I was working because I was. I became a loser. I wasn't able to show up on time. I didn't do my job. I didn't do anything, any, anything that I was supposed to do. So they laid me off. And then I started hanging out with, at this time, I was still 18 years old. And uh, I, I got it, started hanging out with the wrong crowd. And they, they were doing heroin. So then um, when you start doing hardcore drugs like heroin, and I was never, ever the guy that would ever, you would ever thought was going to do something like this. Um, and, it, yeah. and even when I say the word today, heroin, it, it's, it's such a strong word. And when, when I think of that word, I think of a homeless person. I think of a, a loser, yeah. a bum. Um, and here I was, 18 years old, from middle-class America, um, ended up with, a, with a, a heroin addiction. So you can't really keep your life together for too long when you're doing drugs like that. So what yeah. happened was I, I ended up going um, – Getting honest with my mom and, and my dad and telling them that I had a drug problem. I think I lied to them and told them I was doing Vicodin. And um, that was the story of my first three treatment centers. So with the disease of addiction, um, for any of your listeners that don't know, um, it's, 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 it's actually in America, it's, it's classified as a disease, just like cancer would be. And what, what yeah. happens is once drugs or alcohol, once an addict becomes an addict and crosses the line, it's kind of like a transformation to where like when, when, a, when a cucumber becomes a pickle or when a, when a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, lines are crossed yeah. that can no longer be crossed back. So it's an obsession of the mind that overpowers the body. So I had no idea about any of this. So going in and out of rehab centers, and I would stay for four days, five days, six days, um, go in there. It'd be an attitude. It'd be an adjustment, an attitude adjustment from the neck up. I would just get the drugs out of my system. I'd go through serious detoxes, and, and my life would just continue um, to, to spiral out of control as I left these treatment centers. At this point, I never realized I didn't believe or realize or become aware that I was actually a drug addict. I was just a person that couldn't stop doing drugs. At that point, I wasn't a drug addict. And, and yeah. that was truly, like at the depth of my soul, I knew that I'm like, if I could just be the person that I was before I started using these drugs, that my life, I, I could get it together. I could, I knew that without any problems, I could stop, stay stopped once I was stopped. And, and that yeah. wasn't the case. I, it wasn't the case. Um, things happened in my body and my spirit and my life that I wasn't able to become the person that I was before. Um, and that's why it took me five rehab centers to get to where I am today. Wow. That's just, that's just so, so amazing to hear that. And, 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 and this is even more amazing that you got where you are because if you know some people they're never they never are able to uh, you know get out of these kind of things and uh, most probably you've heard of grant cardone his story also is also kind of like that he was also into drugs and that kind of really wasted a lot of his time 
So, so after you got out of drugs, uh, how did you get back onto the track, and uh, how did your, you know, normal life began, and you know, stuff like that? D- were you in a relationship uh, during the time you were I- into these drugs and things? So I grew up with my wife. I've known my wife since grade seven, um, and she. Wow. Was, yeah, I've known her for a long time. So she she watched me in and out of every one of my rehab centers. Wow, that that is really amazing, and you must be proud of her. Like, yeah, yeah she's she's, she's, she's really amazing. strong. If if she has been with you in your journey of these five rehab centers, oh, hats off to her. That's that's <laughs> real. <laughs> like, I don't know. Even if even if you know, uh, if even I consider myself in her place. It's impossible. I cannot be that strong, or no one. I I don't I don't think anyone can be that strong. So yeah, hats off to her. So you've been she's been in this journey with you, and then when you get out of this drugs thing, um, do you get back to work or how it's like how is your work life? So going on. Yeah, at this point, like my wife is nothing short of an angel. I I I adore her tremendously. She's the best mom I could ask for, and and. She's my best friend. We're we're in in this journey of life, in this awareness, on this realm. We're 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 in it together, and we're here to enjoy this and make each other's lives better. So she's literally my my everything. She's fantastic. Um, you can follow her at at Mallory Campbell on Instagram. She she teaches I'm me. Everything. Surely gonna do that. Trust me. I'm surely gonna do that. And it's awesome because people watch our life now and like it's a highlight reel. So we have the cars and the kids and the houses and we live a life that most people would dream of. So that's what they look exactly. at. Exactly. And I watch people and people are like, oh, man, because my wife is, is she's she's actually a world class. She's first in the world um, bikini model for UFE. And um Oh, that's great. She's a fitness competitor and she's, she's every bit of a 10 and beautiful blonde. And, and it's, it's, it's awesome. Right. So uh, people look at her and they're like, Oh, and I'm like, she like, Oh, she's just a gold digger. Oh, or, or, Oh, she's just this. And I hear like people say stuff and I'm like, she, really? drove, she drove me to rehab my fourth and fifth. Yeah. Rehab. She drove me to rehab and bought me cigarettes. She, I couldn't afford cigarettes. She literally, I was a complete bum. And um, it's funny because oh. I haven't even smoked cigarettes in almost 12 years, 11 years. So that's the, so to get back on track, the, when I was in and out of rehabs, I, I just, all I, all I did was I, I painted cars. So like I said, it was a very blue collar upbringing. So I painted cars out of my dad's garage to make extra money. And I worked for little bump shops and collision shops, um, earning money during my, while I was in and out of treatment. So after I got out of my fifth treatment center, I said, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, I'm going to get into something different. Um, and I started laying tile and doing home remodeling and things. And then I was at a 12 step meeting and this young guy came up to me and he's like, Hey, what are you doing? What do you do for work? And I'm like, ah, this handyman services and whatever. And he goes, I'll come pick you up from work tomorrow. We're going to do brick repair. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, but sure. So he came the next morning and picked me up from my mom's house. I was living at my mother's house and um, we went knocking doors. It's called canvassing. 
So you go around and knock on doors and you see external repairs that are needed in people's houses. And I knocked on the door and I said, hey, my name's Jeremiah. I'm with a company called, uh, I think it was KNL Construction. And uh, I'm here to fix your porch. And, and he told me what to say and how to say it. And I ended up selling a project for, I say, $300. And um, he gave me like 75 bucks or $100 for selling the project. And that was 15 years ago, 14 years ago. And uh, that was my start into what I do today. Wow. From 75 bucks to today, you run this company. You lead 50 people, right? Yes. I have if I'm not wrong. Six people. Yep. Yeah, that's that is so amazing. So how did how did uh, you got into this uh, company Brickworks, uh, right? Br Brickwork uh, Brickwork Property Restoration in last year, twenty eighteen, right? No, 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 no. I've been. I just that was when I joined Facebook. Um, so oh. <laughs> I, I Two thousand and so it's my company. I started it out of a backseat of a Cavalier, a little two-seater car, and we're a full construction company. So it was two thousand five. Wow. Two thousand five, I believe we started it, and I didn't take it serious. My wife, I think it was she was my girlfriend at the time, and we were like four years in the business, and she's like. Uh, how long are you going to do this before you get a real job? And I'm like, I don't know. And remember, the only reason I started with Kenny and then the only reason I started Brickworks was because nobody would give me a job. So the, the economy tanked. Um, it was on the, yeah, it was yeah. great. We had the biggest economic collapse. in Yeah, uh, 2008, right? Yep. And, yeah. and nobody would give me a job. Nobody was hiring. So nobody believed in me, but I'm like, I think I can do this. So I started the company and for the first three or four years, it wasn't, I never took it serious. It wasn't something that I thought that I was going to make a career, let alone millions of dollars. I, I never knew that. Again, it was the story that I told myself, what do I believe I'm worth? What's the value here? And I, I was just a, a guy that thought I'll do this because nobody will give me a job until I can find a better job doing something else. Wow. <laughs> you yeah, so just started was, because of that. Well, nobody and, would give me a job and I, and I was hungry and, and I was advantageous and I, and I had yeah. this, this, this hope inside of me somewhere that something was something was bigger something was and at the same time i got this tattoo on my chest that says destined to be and i knew and people my whole life always told me they're like jeremiah you're something 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 special about you something is going to you're here in this world to make impact and i don't know what it is and i'm still looking for it and and, and i see guys like you that i'm like man his audience he's there for the right purpose so I'm just trying to align myself with people that are more so because I figured out how to make money. I figured out how to live a life of abundance and to manifest amazing things, trips, events, people, relationships. I mean, I, I know how to do all of those things, but I struggle sometimes with doing it with a smile on my face. I do it with resistance and grit and anger and upset sometimes. So I'm like, why am I not enjoying the journey? Yeah. It's not the destination. It's not the destination. It's who I become along the way. And, and yeah, about two yeah. years ago, I started pouring my. About two and a half years ago, I started getting heavily involved in a personal development, and, and getting involved into the human transformation and, and belief systems and stories that we tell ourselves and and all these different ways um, to hack into my subconscious mind to change the way that I see reality. 
Wow, trust me, you've got a super fascinating story to say because uh, this podcast, what, uh, uh, why I started podcasting, the only reason, the first reason is because I absolutely love doing that. It's me reflecting to myself and after starting my podcast, what I tried to, I, I recorded several episodes, right? So I recorded several episodes, but I wasn't being that fulfilled. I wasn't able to find that happiness in creating those episodes because and I realized what I'm trying to do is create those episodes but I did not actually start for that and as Gary V always says document over create and so I thought I started podcasting because I love speaking and I and podcasting is just like speaking to myself and ha- you know, uh, sharing the story with everyone else. And so I, I thought that if I don't create content and I, if I document, I'm going to get less plays and g- less good feedback, I guess. But then when I uploaded today, the episode which I recorded, it just boomed. Like everyone was sharing their feedback. It's so nice. It really helped them. It really did impact them. The most important thing. And dude, I really, really believe you've got a super fascinating story to say. So how much time you've got? I got time, buddy. I'm here for you. Thank you so much. I'm going to dive deep on this one, right? So, so let's start again from the very kind of basic stuff right um and um so let's start the seventh grade when you started dating uh your wife who is today your wife um that's so awesome to say that uh, so um you started dating how did it all start how did your relationship start so we didn't start, in, I, I met her in seventh grade, but we didn't start dating until after high school. So we didn't start dating actually until, we, she, until she was 18 and now she's, she'll be 32 in December. So we've been together for 14 years. So we started dating after my third rehab center, I moved in with her, one of her, with her neighbor um, because I had to detach myself from my family for a short amount yeah. of time. And I needed to just a new environment. Um, and, and my buddy Howie lived next door to my wife now. Uh, and I was 19 and she was 18 at the time. Okay. So, when so we, yeah, right? continue. So when we started dating, when we started dating, it was, I mean, it was a different world at that point. I mean, this was a while back. We didn't really have many real responsibilities, maybe a cell phone bill um, and, and, and a few minor things. But um, when we started dating, it was, it, here's the, here's the really cool part is, is when I met her dad and I met her family back when I started coming around, we were still kids. I think I, when I finally met her parents, I was 15 maybe yeah, about 15 okay. years old. And, and I told her dad that I would, that one day I was going to marry his daughter. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. And, and I, I remember telling people, a lot of people, I'm like, I'm going to marry that girl. And we, and we, and it, it took, when I told people I was going to marry her, we weren't even dating yet. She had a boyfriend for like three years and I had a girlfriend for like four years at the time. <laughs> and I would just... Were you conscious enough or you were just bluffing around? No, I mean, I put it out in the universe, but at that point I had no idea the powers, the, uh, the power of conscious thought. So it was out there, but she, even though we were both in different writing, different stories at the time, um, the universe responded to it. 
I, I don't know. I, I can't honestly answer whether it was conscious or subconscious. It was, it was just, it was just a thought. I was just, I was always a clown, but nobody else so, in the world. Go ahead. So suddenly you see her and you got into her, like you felt that you felt something, you felt that click, right? Yeah. Is that was, what do you yeah. mean? Absolutely. She was amazing. She was everything I wanted out of life. And we were both in separate relationships, but I just knew something was pulling on me. And I'm like, wow, I can see myself marrying somebody like that. And I'm like, why don't I just marry her? Wow. That <laughs> you, you said to her dad that you're going to marry her one day. Yeah, Seriously. I said, that... <laughs> yeah. I told her I'm going to marry her. They just, they would laugh. They would be like, okay, okay. And then they would start talking to me and I was, oh, I'm always been a good talker. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to get a job and I'm going to be corporate America and I'm going to, I'm going to drive a Porsche and I'm going to do this. And then her mom was like, yeah, you should marry him. And none of that came true. I never, be, I never got a corporate job. I never worked in corporate America and I never bought a Porsche. Um, so, but the life that I have now is 10 times what I ever thought it could ever be. Um, and, and yes, we got married and we had the storybook wedding and she, you know, we vacations and honeymoons and all of that stuff. But I, I knew even then that, that she was the one. Yeah. So, so that time it just clicked. So, uh, as you mentioned, you were into a relationship and she was also into a relationship so did you guys break up with your partners because you guys realized that you were into each other or you just uh broke up because of your own reasons for my own it was so my girlfriend at the time we i didn't i i, I started dating her when we were kids and then we kind of just grew apart she wasn't into the whole trying to save me because she knew how lost i was in my drugs and the alcohol and the partying. So she, we kind of grew apart from that. Um, some events took place where she, she um, got new, you know, boyfriends, and we were kind of together, but off together and off. And there was a lot of hurt and anger and frustration between my girlfriend and and I at that point. And then um, I think my wife Mallory, I think she and her boyfriend kind of just started to grow apart because he went away to school and she didn't. So she lived at home and worked for her dad's business. And then they just kind of grew apart. And I, I don't remember how they originally broke up, but I just kind of crept right into the scene and took over. This is how the universe works. It's, that it's is amazing. just so great. So then you were, when you, um, so that guy comes to you and you get your $75 in your pocket. And then you realize that you aren't going to get any job. So you started this company. Correct. And yeah. so um, when you started the company, where you, uh, uh, how, how was work? Like, did you find it really fascinating or was it because I need some cash? I was blown away by, so I, I, I didn't know any. So it was like, it was a whole new world to me because I didn't know that you could literally go out. And, and so everybody always told me like, you need to focus on being financially stable, like Fine. I, yeah. I would always hear this like, oh, he's good with his money or he spends less than he makes and all these things. And then I yeah. never watched anybody that I had access to like because we didn't have social media then. And, it, and I never was, had access to somebody that created revenue out of thin air. So I call that today. I'm in a mastermind with Chris Harder, and um, it's called the "For the Love of Money." And when Chris yeah, yeah, I, I was listening to that, but I did. I, I oh, so I forgot to tell you that story. Uh, would you mind jumping in here and saying the for the podcast? Uh, yeah, actually, oh, yeah. I was. Uh, 
just to just to know more about you and when i played that episode and he started saying everything like you build this company and your revenue was uh, above 5 million right um and you uh, you're a, found, a founding member of Arity Syndicate yeah yeah something like that yeah and um because of the death of your brother you you started that um homework charity kind of thing and i'm actually blown away by that because i'm really into helping other people so i love what you're doing and so when i heard that i just immediately paused the podcast and i i was wearing my headphones i opened them i stood up and i was like holy crap i didn't know i'm going to interview a man with such a fascinating story shit i'm not prepared at all i did not think it is going to be so much fun and so i i really wanted to listen to that entire episode and i seriously forgot that i'm going to interview you and i was like no tahir you're going to interview this person you don't need to listen to this episode and then i was like yeah i'm going to interview him so yeah that that was the kind of thing so um yeah continue with what you were saying so the 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 group that I'm in he him and his wife they're they're from the midwest of the united states and and they're they're middle they're just normal people and and now I have access to these people so chris talks about it so it's for the love of money it's an elite mastermind um we get the opportunity to to work with each other um i think there's a there's a seven figure revenue goal that you got to hit to be in the group um it's quite yeah. uh, financial you know it, it it's it's a group yeah, that yeah yeah it's for it's an elite level group so um his his slogan and what we stand behind is when good people make good money they do great things so the whole thing's not about how many cars i can buy or what i can do it's who we can help and who we can impact and what yeah what, yeah what exactly me, what chris taught me is it has nothing to do with financial stability to, that's never going to get you where you want to go what we need to realize and understand and, the, and adapt the belief is that we have financial ability and we can do this no matter what it is i can if everybody in my company walked out tomorrow i have the mindset in the in the skills and abilities in the belief exactly. myself to rebuild it all over again so exactly. why do i why do i continue to have fears and risks um try to dominate my life um i follow a guy very very strong i believe in his work his name's dr joe dispenza and he yeah is, I, i heard about him uh, yeah yeah continue you got, you got i mean he's I, i do his meditations i'm up to about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes every morning i meditate and and it's just wow. getting out of your own way to allow the universe to take place and, and and to allow things to to manifest into your life not the yeah. way that i want it the way that the universe decides it for me exactly And that's what, there's that's this, what there's this fascinating quote by Jay Shetty. Uh, he tells that you'll you'll get what you want, but you won't get the way uh, you imagined it to be. It's so yeah, that's exactly better. what you said. Yeah. It's always so Jay. Jay is amazing. I met him in April in California. Jay is Jay. Really? Is, yeah, yeah. Wow, I I swear on everything. he his videos changed who i was i wasn't at all this mentally inclined guy or spiritually inclined guy i wasn't this mature i i, I you know i wasn't this happier i 
and so i i just discovered his videos and he really changed me you met with him tell me the story like i really want to hear this how did you meet him so um in chris harder's mastermind so he has a celebrity guest out at least one or two guests out every time that we meet so we meet we have an event three times a year i'll be going out the 28th of december and he'll bring a guest in um to meet with us to have dinner with us so i get to spend three hours with them um with there's only there's there around 30 people in the mastermind and uh he comes out and had dinner with us wow so you you had dinner with jeff Shelley. yeah it's uh it, it's and I just started watching his videos when I was when I, when when I met him, and it was just so him, so you know his story about you know leaving leaving the UK to become a monk. Yeah, yeah, monk. Years. Yeah, what a cool story! And that's kind of what I'm searching for in the enlightenment. That's why it, it's not about what it'll get me out of life; it's how it's going to make me feel. And I and I got to ask him about his meditation practices, uh, and, and and him. And Dr. Joe Dispenza, which I follow, they both they both meditate for two hours every morning. Both yeah, of them. yeah, yeah. And, and that, that's how long it takes for them to get past themselves. So I'm under this big, big uh, belief with Dr. Joe Dispenza is the only way to create and really manifest things into your life is to be whole and is to be love. So you only get more of what you already are. And so exactly. if you're a good, and so like if you become no one and nobody in nowhere, in no time, and, and, and you become pure, pure consciousness. And all you do is, is you focus on getting out of your own mind. And when you can do that, you can connect to source energy. So when you connect to source energy, that's when you become infinite. And, and that's when we don't feel lack and we don't feel separation. And, and we, it, it collapses space and time and we're living in a different reality of life. And that's where the yeah. real come out. That's why... I mean, people like Jay Shetty, I mean, th- those people aren't made in Hollywood. Those people are made in meditation because they're exactly. whole. Exactly. That is just so true. So you spend three hours with him. Um, how, how was the experience? Like you met him face to face, the way he talks. I, I love every single thing about him. I've watched every single interview he has ever been to and every single video he has ever created. I've watched everything he has ever done. Like, I I was so fascinated, and I really dream that one day I'm I'm gonna meet him. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna meet him one day, and also one day gonna interview him. So that's kind of like my dream because he's such a fascinating person, and and the way he he creates his content is just so fascinating because if you uh, listen to his podcast episodes regularly, his his content is just so valuable dude it's it's just so valuable so so you meditate for two hours a day no i get about i get at least an hour every morning before i leave the house so i'm getting up there uh, i'm building up to that yeah so so when do you wake up exactly between 4 and 4 30 a.m wow so your day starts at 4 or 4 30 a.m yeah, so I have young kids, and when I get home, time is so valuable. Time is one of the only things that you can't buy more of. Yeah, with my own time. So I, I really, really value where my time is, where my time's spent. Um, I believe that if it's not going to bring value to me or to somebody else, I don't have no business doing it. So when you talk like you did about Jay Shetty, um, at one point he was 
not especially not at your age doing podcasts like you were. Um, so yeah. you can be far, way farther beyond than Jay. Um, just keep doing what you're doing and focusing in and adding, adding so value. Much, and you're going to, like you're going to go places. I wouldn't have taken my time out of my day to come spend with you on this podcast if I didn't believe what you were doing, you're impacting people. There's really, really, uh, a, a really, a good friend of mine does a, does a thing called Positive You. And uh, he goes into high schools and, and junior highs and, he, and he, create, he, he created a program to not tell people to say no, but give something some for, for children and teenagers to say yes to. Because one out of every five kids and teenagers under the age of 12 contemplates suicide. So you're not the only one. So when people talk honestly and get open about this, um, it, it's the awareness of it. And what can we do to help? So we, there's no reason anybody should ever. I, I had two, two team members and about, about 18 months ago, within a three-month period, they both died by suicide. And um, these guys were normal dudes. They were, they were good people. They had families. They had friends. One guy was just depressed and would joke about it with his family, and nobody ever took him serious. And then the other guy found his girl, his girlfriend got pregnant by another man and they both, it was suicide by hum. They hung themselves. And, um, I started to get really fascinated with what kind of, what, what, what goes through your mind that exactly the decision to take your own life. And that started to fascinate me. And I started getting more inside of how minds work to try to better help people to bring value because it doesn't matter if I can fix your bricks on your chimney or, or re rebuild your foundation of your house. If we're talking about people taking the, the most precious thing in life and that's the human experience and, and taking it into their own hands and, and, and the ultimate sacrifice. And I, I'm a firm believer that nobody has to live like that. Exactly. That to me also, that is one of the most valuable things like I don't expect my videos to go viral or anything like that or I should become an overnight success or a celebrity but what I really believe and want is that if if I can even impact on one person's life and even if someone comes to me and says hey Tahir you have changed my life trust me dude that means the hell a lot to me and whenever i'm doing something i really try to keep that in my mind i that i don't care if 3000 people watch it and give it a smile and let it go but if one person watches my videos or listens to my podcast and and if he is really touched by that and it did really have an impact on him that is the thing to go with because it, it won't matter because one day we all have to be in the graveyard right if if we don't have any impact on the world if we don't help anyone then there's no reason to that people will remember and yeah that is what greatness is right 100% your your podcast that you did on joy happiness and fulfillment like at the end of the day um, i always I, I'm the I'm the like literally the poster child to buy things to make my outside make my inside feel different and it's an inside job. So once I can get my inside to feel good, it'll manifest into my life. So I've always done it the opposite way because of the beliefs that I've told myself. The, exactly. What society, what Facebook, what Instagram, what all these people tell me, like oh if you yeah, drive yeah. this, this is how people are going to perceive you. And unfortunately, 
I get a lot more, people pay more attention to me because I do run a multi-million dollar company. I've started and sold many multi-million dollar companies. And, and to get to the point where um, I, I still fall asleep the same way, I still put my clothes on the same way, I'm literally no different than the guy I was that started it. I'm just a little bit older and I have a little bit more wisdom. So it's funny because wisdom is, is a memory without any emotion attached to it. So how much wisdom can I have in my life to what am I going to do with it? So it's, and then I start looking at the emotion, the emotions of life and the emotions of the world of what, what actually takes place, what's actually transpiring in front of me. And most of the time I don't know because I'm not being aware. So I've always used this, a friend of mine, Tracy, she tells me, she goes, I stay so busy. I don't have to be aware. And when you're not aware life, you're just on autopilot. And I have exactly, exactly, exactly. most Most people die never knowing that they don't have a decision to change the way that they live. So 95% of your thoughts are on repeat from the day before because we wake up and we're emotionally and mentally and physically addicted to the feelings that we've had the day before. And then we operate on these feelings and we don't even know what feelings we're operating on. I catch myself all the time. I'll be driving down the road. We're the only living organisms and the planet that can induce fight or flight mode on thought alone. I'll be driving down the street and I'll start to feel anger or fear or anxiety. And then I'll start looking for something that took place in my life to identify that feeling with. Exactly. I I really believe in that because we need to learn to let go of things. And when we don't let go of things, it, it always keeps growing like inside of us i i refer to as uh, there's a poem i read i forgot who written it uh, a poison tree so the poison inside of us keep growing keeps growing and the tree keeps growing and growing until one day it bears a fruit a poisonous fruit which looks so good but and and that is us that is our product. That is who we become. We become so poisonous because we have been implementing those things inside of us. We have been repeating that thing and we just become what we tell ourselves. We become our thoughts and that is really bad thing. And and the thing you just said, um, chasing materialistic things, I call it the IHW syndrome. So it's like, I'll be happy when... And, and that, that this, this syndrome states that happiness is a destination. And this thing screws most of us because, and especially I've been there too, because, and I hear this all the, t- all the time because, you know, growing up in a mediocre family, not so emotionally intelligent and looking around me, everyone is kind of the same. So everyone is repeating to themselves, like you just even if you don't like doing this and and the the most tragic thing which i re uh, which which i realized um is very tragic uh is that everywhere around me um so where i grow up it's just a small town and so everywhere here is addicted to formal education and jobs right they believe that's the main thing in life and there's nothing more to that so um everyone around is like ah i so much hate my job but then they're gonna say uh, but i have to do it i have no other option and when i hear that it's so much 
feels bad because this is something I'm really trying to change and really trying to work upon. And as you said, people are not aware that they have another option. People are not aware that they can do a plenty of things outside this box that have been created by their ancestors. And because the economy was down, because this, because of XYZ reasons, right? So people create these boxes. And as you said, um, uh, they keep we keep repeating the same thing to ourselves so we create another box we have so many different boxes one box for the job we do this thing every single day we repeat something to ourselves every single day and we believe that's life we call it a life <laughs> it's a so funny right because here i'm talking to someone who has been addicted to drugs who has been five times to rehab centers whose brother died who did not get any jobs and you are saying me that you can't quit the job because you don't know anything else ah oh, that's so bullshit i love it that's, 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 and so like your job my job is is now that we become aware and that it's almost being i'm not quite at the enlightened state by any point or means but uh, the veil has been pulled over my face and I'm like, I get the choice to choose whether or not I want to be happy. When, when, when I'm in a moment or I have an emotional reaction to something, that's 90 seconds to two minutes. The emotion, the chemical rush in my body will go away. Exactly. Anything past two minutes, I, I have a choice. I can change it. So when exactly. I get, my, and my wife and I, we believe this. So, so we let each other have that two minutes and then we look at, and it's, I should say we, she looks at me and she goes, are you done? And I'm like, I look at her and we smile and I said, I'm done. Like, there's no point to just drag this out. Life is way too fragile. Life is way too short. Time is so limited. We get so much little bit like, like with my children, I'm like, oh, well, I can't travel to Europe and I can't do, and it's like, no, I get the opportunity to raise my children in, in, in a way that it's going to change the world exactly and and the thing you just mentioned the two minute thing you know you just after two minutes she says to you this is exactly something i've been really implementing in my relationship and this everyone listening right now if you are you can try this with your relationship with any, anyone it doesn't need to be a romantic partner you can try this with your mom and dad anytime you have an argument with anyone Take a break, take a deep breath, ask yourself, why am I exactly doing this? And most of the times, let me know if you agree, uh, sir. Uh, most of the times it happens either because A, because of lack of communication. B, I'm talking about most of the times. So B, it happens because our ego gets hurted. C, we feel unheard and unrecognized. So... Couldn't agree more. One bit, and 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 it and it all comes from like when when we break it down, like the human condition, uh, and the human transformation that takes place. So I believe we're conscious energy, and energy can never be. I mean, energy never goes away; it just gets transformed. So yeah, I, I believe this this earth that we live on is just a, an experience that we're going through um, to create new ideas, and and, and it's just it's it's not to get too far into quantum, but. Um, I have a choice and what is my choice to be today? I choose me today. I choose to be happy. Now I have bad moments and I, and I just don't want to turn those into moods. 
because when you have a bad moment and a bad idea comes into your head, what are you going to do about it? You can, you can either change it so it serves you. Like Jay Shetty, he says, does it get bitter or do you get better? Exactly. I, I get the choice. I can choose which way I want to react to those. And the, and the crazy part is, is in the quantum field, my body doesn't know. It only tells my, my, my brain tells my body how to act. So that's what it's supposed to do. But my body is ruling my mind by emotions, by trap, fears, anxiety, stress, victimization. So I was told early on when I got sober, they said an, uh, a grateful alcoholic will never get drunk. And, and, and that's just, it's continued to resonate with me. So you can't be a victim and grateful at the same time. Exactly, so what, what, exactly. Cannot agree more. What are you going to choose? You can, you can only be one of two things. Like you can't, I can't tell you how grateful I am for my wife and then complain about her. You can't do both. They can't exactly. coexist together. It's either God is or God isn't. It's either you're pregnant or you're not. Like there's no, like, so not to be self-righteous or anything, but I'm just like, I have to wake up in the morning and a lot of times I'm negative. I wake up, I got these defeating thoughts that nobody's going to listen to me. This, this, no, your, your podcast, your career, your speaking, all of this stuff is a waste of time. You're going to be a loser anyways. And I'm like, whoa, 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 turn the ass kicking machine off. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to live this way anymore. I've come too far and, and I know too much. I have too much knowledge in my brain to keep it to myself. I, and I have too much practical action to not share it. So I'm like, exactly. okay, ignore what your mind says because if I listen to my mind, I, can't, I, can't, I, would, I would be nowhere because my mind tells my heart how to feel and it's all lies. Exactly. And I, and I just want to uh, get back to this thing, what you just said. It, I, I really believe in that more than anything. That's gratitude, right? It's just like I... I consider is I consider it as the most effective tool for anything. I just I just really do. Either it's in your business, either it's in your personal life, either it's in your professional life, either it's in work, either it's anything, just anything. Because as you just said, we can't be grateful and complaining at the same time. And same goes in every other th negative emotion I'm going to say. Either that's anger, either that's egoistic. How can you be egoistic and grateful at the same time? It won't happen. It it, it it's really hard. And it, being egoistic and um, you know that ego harming you, attacking on others, that ego and gr being grateful at the same time, being angry and being grateful at the same time, and and this just goes on and on for everything. You just can't shout at someone and be grateful to them at the same time and gratitude is such a tool if every like i do this every single day every day i wake up i thank god universe for the things i'm absolutely blessed with even the smallest of the things that that i'm able to breathe today and when I think that and just just saying that I'm able to breathe today sometimes that doesn't doesn't make much sense. So when I go deep into that concept about how this life keep, uh, happened and I want to share this with my listeners as well as with you. I don't know if you have heard it. Being born as a human being, the chances of being born as a human being are 400 trillion to one.
that means everything in the universe happening at the exact time exact moment and everything just everything happening at the exact time and you being born as you is 400 trillion to one yeah, after after we get matter. that deep inside i i i really don't know how anyone is going to complain and I just I keep reminding myself this concept of 400 trillion to one. How, how can I say that I don't have a nice laptop when the chances of me being born as me is 400 trillion to one? You that is ludicrous. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. Like, how can I complain when I've got so many things to be grateful and appreciate, right? All right, I'm going to get back to the things. Um, you said that you have uh, started and sold several multi-million dollar companies. So it, it all started after um, after you got out of the fifth time. You got fifth time out of the rehab yep. center? Yeah, my sobriety dates July 26, 2007 um, was the last time I took a drink or a drug. And um, for that, I'm very proud. I'm very grateful. Um, it, it wasn't through me. It was through God's grace, the 12 steps, sponsorship, direct sponsorship, having sponsees, working the 12 steps and going to a lot of 12 step meetings. So, yeah, so, so my business when it, when it comes to that. So I, I, my main business is a masonry repair business. So we do brick, block, concrete. We do mostly foundation um, and masonry repair. So it's anything to do with vertical brick and mortar. Um, we do that. We hang cultured stone. We, do, we build fireplaces. We fix fireplaces, things along those lines. Um, we have my leadership team is, uh, there's four of us in my leadership team. Uh, we have three office admins and then we have nine, um, foremans that run sites, run crews. And then we have, uh, between 20 and 25, uh, active installers that are either tenders or, um, apprentices that are learning how to lay bricks. So we have our own brick school where we teach people, um, new hires during, we do it on our off season when it snows here, um, where we do a full, it's called Brickworks Academy, where we teach and train and implement um, different strategies, techniques, and hands-on on how to install masonry. So basically what we're doing is we're, we, we created our own apprenticeship program to build uh, on, a, on a strong foundation. So when we send these guys out in the field to see our customers, that they know what they're doing and they have they know their way around tools. They know their way around job sites, our trailers, things like this. So I started this company pretty much in 07. I started doing it be between my third and fifth treatment center. I didn't take it serious until 2010. 2009, 2010, I hired my first salesman. We grew from um, two, my quantum leap was from two trucks to eight trucks. Um, and now we have about 22 um, different truck sales, ops, things like that. So we took our company from, you know, our first three years of business. I think we maybe maybe did 20,000. So we'll do, we'll do just over 5 million in revenue. That's the plan for this year. Um, we, we implemented, you know, different products, procedures, things. I completely reinvented my company multiple times. Um, I got to the point where I didn't like the people I worked with. I didn't like my company and I wasn't proud of it. Um, and, and the money won't do it for me anymore. So it's got to be something that I get truly excited about and it fires me up. 
Um, a mentor of mine told me, he said, you're not in the masonry business. You're in the human development business that's uh, financed by masonry. So when I started looking at it like that, I realized that it's not about the brick and concrete. It's about the building of people. So I build leaders. We have core values. We have we have different processes. We have quarterly meetings. We have a leadership meeting every Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. Um, we have different procedures that my company follows. Um, people get hired, fired, promoted, and rewarded within our core values. Our core values are something that we live and die by. So when we focus in on just the company and just the revenue, just the business, it only takes you so far. So I can only go on so many vacations, buy so many nice cars and houses, and it starts to wear off. I still have a ton of material goals that I will receive and that I will have in my life, but it's, it's bigger than me. I have people that believe in our brand. I, I have the, the best reputation 10 to 1 out of any other person in my, in my industry, let alone in Southeast Michigan, the entire state of Michigan. And um, so that's is my, this is my baby, I call it. This is, what I, this is where I come every morning. Um, this, this is my, my office and my operations office is Brickworks. And then I started a concrete leveling company. I brought a partner on. Um, he bought me out. January 1st of this year, he wanted to go on his own. So I offered him a sale of the company. He bought that company. I've had a couple other small companies. Um, we have a real estate holdings company. We have a truck leasing company. There's, there's different companies that we have that are embedded under the Brickworks umbrella. But my main businesses are Brickworks. I have a named after my little brother. I have a partner. It's my real estate partner. We have uh, real estate holdings and then the three quarter houses, which is the recovery homes. And then we have a few other investments that we do uh, along the way. Wow, that's that's just so good to hear from from someone just just starting that because you don't have anything else to do. To someone, and and what really fascinated me when you were saying that, and which brought a huge smile on my face, was when you said. You completely reinvented your company because you started you started to dislike the people you work with and dislike the you know the company you were building basically. So you completely reinvented it because that 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 became you know that became something you believe in and that became something that excites you, right? So right. Th that. This is this is real good to hear that you did that, you know, because you could have easily got into that bubble, you know, uh, of because your business is doing well. And now if you're going to reinvent it or take such a bold step like that, it's going to really harm your business. So uh, how did you exactly... Um, take that bow step did anyone encourage you it was it your wife or was it some someone who advised you to do that or it just came in from inside you most probably it did and then uh did you ask anyone for that or you just took that decision
Ah, uh, can you listen to me? Yeah, are you there? You you went uh, away from me. Yeah. Minute. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry for that computer. connection loss. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I can. Okay, you were talking about if anybody influenced me along the way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I I, I got um this book called That Cures They Don't Want You to Know About with a guy named Kevin Trudeau. It came out like 20 years ago. It was an, an cheesy infomercial thing, and. Uh, and in that book, he talked about other books called like Think and Grow Rich and uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And that yeah, was yeah. my start to personal development. Um, I, I never really had, like I said, I was never, it was always very blue collar. I never thought that I would ever own a business, let alone a successful one that did anywhere near seven figures in, in, in my life was never. So um, I always was a self-motivator. Um, I've realized now that I'm more of a, visionary so i have on my my on my team i put my company through a, a program called eos it's entrepreneur organization systems um it was a book that was written it's called traction um and, and i put my my business through that it's basically an operation system that is basically it's, it's an amazing book it's an amazing read if anybody's looking to start a business um and, and it gives you a set of principles and it t tells you exactly how to run a business and how to get traction so they, they talk that's what the book is called and it's called um, a vision without traction is hallucination so if you can have a vision of where you're going but if you don't yeah. have practical steps on how to take it you're not going to take it anywhere so it was just picking up things along the way but i'm a very um i'm more of a i, I live in my subconscious so i set it and forget it and i live by discipline so I, i'm very particular about the food i eat how i exercise and what kind of information I put into my mind. So early on, it wasn't like that. It was do whatever you got to do to pay the bills. And then, it, then that, that got better. And then I got to buy a bunch of really nice stuff to show people that you don't care about how good you're doing. And then I got bored of that. And then it was buy a bunch of real estate because that, that, that'll show you financial stability. And then I got to where I don't want any of this because I was never around successful people. So the more stuff that you have is the more stuff you have to take care of, which takes you away from doing the things you love. So now I'm on the point where I'm like, if it doesn't bring me value or somebody else value, I'm not going to do it. So I've had really strong men in my life. My dad was a huge role model of mine growing up. Um, we're not as close as we used to be, um, but he was a huge role model. I have a, a gentleman named Jimmy. He was my sponsor for the last 15 years of my life, which is somebody that you model your life after. He's very spiritual. He taught me how to meditate. He introduced me to the God of his understanding. Um, he was very critical in my, uh, in, in any of my development as a, as a man. Um, and then anybody at the at, at 12 step tables. So the 12 steps were written to get you away from who you are, but the main purpose was to get you to a higher power, which I choose to call God that leads me and guides me that I put my faith and trust in. Um, so it was, it was, it was a multitude of things, but more than anything was just believing in myself and knowing that I was worth more. And I really, really get excited when people tell me I'm crazy. They're like, you're nuts. That'll never work. And I Same have this here. thing in Same my here. That, yeah, that says, watch me. I'll show you. Exactly. Same here. It's just, I, I, I love negative feedback a little bit more than positive feedback 
so everyone listening be sure to share your feedback either that's positive or negative i completely respect it and i love negative feedback because it allows me to grow because the positive one most of the time it says it was nice it was good and this and that and and uh, uh why i highly recommend everyone to listen to the negative as much as you do to the positive because when you do listen to the positive feedback it will motivate you it will empower you it will make you feel more alive but when you when you take care of the negative feedback you're going to learn a hell lot more do you agree on that one yeah i i definitely agree um i don't watch the news i don't read the news i don't turn the tv on um if it's negative or if somebody's gossiping so the 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 amount of um chemicals that are released into your brain into a negative thought or emotion um it's so powerful and so strong that most people are addicted to that and what it boils down to is that we feel that we're unworthy so anything that's going to make me feel or detach me from wholeness and love i run from it like like the plague when people family members friends um uh, i have a zero zero tolerance rule when it comes to negativity um i only go where i'm celebrated not where i'm tolerated which means i don't go to a lot of family events I I I I will not let that stuff come into my head because I'm not superhuman. I'm still a normal person that has emotions and feelings and when people tell me negative thoughts and negative things, when somebody has an opinion about me, I'm not healthy all the time where I can let it blow over because my mind will say, "Huh, I wonder if they're right." "Huh, I wonder." So, if 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 somebody's giving me advice about anything, yeah. I I say to myself, Well, I am I willing to change places with them. And if I'm not, then I immediately need to disqualify their advice. Now, it has nothing to do with money, it has nothing to do are they happy? If somebody's giving me advice about marriage and they've been divorced 3 times, you have no <laughs> right to give unless you're telling me what not to do. Exactly. I don't want to hear you about it. If somebody that's committed committed fraud or bankruptcy is giving me financial advice, no thank you just save it i i don't want to so i i shield myself from those so dean graziosi is a huge huge idol of mine and um he always says you go where people you, you got people that drain your battery and people that energize your battery so when 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 i talked to him i got to meet him um about a, just over almost a year ago and and he wrote a book called millionaire success habits an amazing book and he talked to me and he said he goes you got to focus on what what fires you up more when you're done than when you started he goes that's what you need to do more of it's simple it this isn't this isn't art this is science if you want to be happier and more fulfilled do things that make you happier and more fulfilled that's the bottom line when things make you sad and upset and angry and full of anxiety don't do that and you're going to string together a bunch of really good days and that's going to be an attitude that attitude is going to turn into a character and that's going to turn into who you actually become exactly i i just cannot agree more on that point um too many people uh especially uh and on this thing i'm going to include myself so the entire day we are glued to our screens 
we um i'm try i'm working on it actually since some days since a week or two because i was on a break kind of discover more experimenting on myself so i've gotten into these addiction more quite more but now i'm slowly recovering from that once again i'm going away from this so the thing is all the time we are glued to our phones a notification a notification pops up and we just we just rush to it right we just rush to it and uh we're talking to someone then another person comes in and our attention straightly goes to them and we are all the time distraction and dandapani talks about it he says that um we wonder why we are so good at being distracted but actually we practice it all the time and you and you uh, practice makes a man perfect right that is that that is the punchline so we practice distraction 7 days a week 4 weeks a month 365 days a year and then we wonder why are we so good at distraction why are we so distracted and i'm a part of it right now so i do not talk about it because i do not want to give someone advice which i have not yet implemented and it has worked for me so uh, tell me something about that what would you do if you were in the same place or are you in the same place no so and he did talk about that and jay talked about when he would go into his house he would leave his phone in his yeah, car devices in his car yeah yeah <laughs> he'd lock it in his car cuz he couldn't go away from it we're so addicted to it so yeah. i'm big on so i have a mind movie and that's the last thing i watch so it's basically a digital vision board um it's it's relatively inexpensive they're called mindmovies.com and you create your future life on it so i so the first thing the last thing i watch before i go to bed and the first thing i do when i wake up and it, and it taps and when you're in theta it taps into your mind so we say so busy and and when i hit when i pull in my truck in my driveway um i drop my armor and i was taught this by a guy named Pedro Pedro's Kulian he wrote a book called man up and and he said when i enter into my yard and i use my mailbox and as soon as i see my mailbox it's an indicator that goes off in my brain that i'm no longer the ceo of a company i'm no longer a boss i'm no longer and i put my dad shoes on and and it doesn't matter what i think or what i know i drop it and i leave it all at the door so the first 30 minutes when i can i get make contact with my children and my wife my phone is not on me i set my phone to the side and i spend that's extremely they need to know how important they are to me because what my mind does is my mind won't disconnect and I'll be with them but I won't be present so you have to you have to track you have to practice that mindfulness and for me as a business owner I'm like don't you think you know what no don't you know who I think I am I'm super important I have to do this and that's great my kids will never know who they are they'll grow up to despise me but wait I'm making all of this money to create a life that you would want and and then I don't want one day to them to sit there and say dad I don't I didn't care about any of that all I wanted was you. And I'm not going to let that happen. So so there's a lot of times where I'll miss business deals, I'll miss phone calls, I'll miss those things because I'm not willing to work 85 hours a week anymore because at this small part in my life. So it's dude you you only get a certain amount of time to raise your family. You only get a certain amount of time. So what's more important? Cuz the more money I make the just the cooler stuff I buy. um that coolness wears off. So when I used to be able to buy myself my wife a nice set of shoes, I would feel happy about it for days. Now it doesn't even give me any emotion. My body's used to it. So what am I really going after? 
it, it, it's what I'm, who am I trying to prove it to? So now I'm not trying to prove it to anybody else. I'm trying to prove it to myself. How happy, how content, and how humble, how, how, what kind of a life am I really destined to live? And that's what I'm really focusing on today. This is this is just so great because um this is one of the main things uh, I have uh and and the thing I'm gonna be talking about uh, what you just mentioned is really uh, disconnecting from everything else just taking a step back and talking to yourself you know getting that me time and what you just did uh, I guess it's uh, we can also say this way uh, you just you just real you just you know uh looked at it from a different perspective and you just took a step back whatever you were doing you know if you were distracted and those stuffs so you just you just took a step back you reminded yourself how important your kids and your children are to you and that they are a priority to you right now than doing you know being distracted or having to be in this bubble you know being distracted being digitally addicted like most of the people so this is something i really love and another thing which i hope my listeners uh, this because this is a mistake i did uh taking our loved ones for granted either let it be our parents our friends our um, um your spouse your girlfriend your boyfriend anyone we always and always make this mistake of taking people and things for granted and not expressing gratitude to them or not being grateful to them and not appreciating their true values not appreciating the true the true values of life that has been given to you and and i literally think you've done it so well I it's it's kind of hard to believe that it's just been two years of you going in that journey but yeah it's only been two years of you but you've gone really de- deep trust me because um and you're not even just learning about those things the most important thing you are implementing those things you are working you are actually working on these things and and I think this is the most amazing thing because all of us can learn and hear that now today in this episode if i hear this you just advised me you know what you can do what did work for you and you just shared that now i it, it depends on me right i can listen to all the advice in the world but if i don't actually work on it it ain't gonna happen nothing's gonna happen and everything depends on ourselves where you know we are just and in in so many families we are brought up like that that we are told to believe that our we are predestined or even if the universe uh, writes our destiny we don't have any control over our luck and everything happens according to our luck uh, would you agree to that i believe we design our own destiny so like in in my thing that this is all through dr joe's work is um, I'm not like, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe the universe responds to more yeah. of what we already are. So there's like, the only quote that I have in my Instagram profile is there's, I don't care how positive your thought is. 
your a positive thought will never outweigh a negative emotion. So the way we think, the way we act, and the way we feel is going to define our destiny. So people that are energetic and that bring a light into the room, like when when I when 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 I have friends and family that can enter into a room and you literally my eyes could be closed and I would feel their presence and what they're carrying is energy. So. People, like when people get upset and angry or when you're on the road driving and somebody flips you off or cuts you off and you watch them just light up with anger and I'm like, oh my gosh, and I'm laughing because I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And and they get so angry and I'm like, well, if you look at those person and I've been there, you ever try to stop being angry? You, you physically can't. You, you physically can't. And when you can't change your body from doing something, that's the definition of an addiction. So when your mind does something, when your body's doing something on autopilot, it's a habit. So when my body unlocks, I don't know the front door code to my house. I, I, I'm not kidding. I can't tell it to you, but I walk to that door every day. I can punch it in and enter into that door. So it's, a, it's an automatic habit that my body can do it without my mind thinking about it. I drive yeah. places and I go somewhere and don't even know that I got there. So it's, it's, it's automatic in my life. So I believe that I can change my energy and I can change the outcome and I can change the way I act and the way I feel and the what I believe in by elevating an emotion inside my body through meditation to become mindful and kind and full of love and joy. And that's what I'll get. So I expect amazing things to happen in my life pretty much on a daily basis. I'm not kidding you. Like I, I expect it. I demand it from the universe. I say, universe, I'm paying attention to you. You exactly. pay attention to me because I'm going to bless people. When these things happen to me, I, I don't hoard them. People, I have friends that are, that are very, they, they make a lot of money and they save a lot of money and I make a lot of money and I do really well, but everybody around me does well. I don't want to do this alone. I want to do this with us and for us. And the universe rewards me as I allow money and things and, and success to transfer through me. The universe pays attention to that and says, okay, he can handle this. He gets it. I'm going to give it more. I'm going to give him more. So I pay attention and then attention is paid to me. And then things, I'll get angry and upset and I just laugh it off. I, I, I don't want to. So I say when you're talking about the poison, the, you know, the, a resentment, when, when I have expectations on somebody, humans will always fail me. But when I have ex expectations on my creator to say, you're going to take care of me, whether it's Allah, Buddha, it doesn't matter. When you have expectations on your, on your creator, your creator is always going to, always going to provide for you. So, so I say, why would I drink the poison and expect you to die? I never, the universe doesn't do that. So the universe doesn't know whether something bad or good happened to me. What, what the universe does is if I see a really fast car going by, I'm going to get excited. I like fast cars and I'm going to see a car go by. I'm like, wow, that's awesome. Had, and if you had a loved one that was injured in a fast car accident, you would say, oh my gosh, that is terrible. Why would he drive that fast and why would he buy a car like that? So it's the same event that took place, except we're going to perceive it differently. So my body doesn't care. My body doesn't know good or bad. My body only tells it what I tell it to feel. And my body only has feelings based upon past events that I attach the meaning to. So I have to focus and be conscious of those thoughts and of those behaviors. And when it's something that doesn't serve me, I say, why am I thinking that way? What negative emotion took place in my life? If I can't find it, I don't care. I physically say, change and I'm going to change that emotion and bring a positive thought and bring a positive emotion into my heart. And I'm going to focus on that. 
totally agree with you. It's it's the analogy that you brought is it's just so much uh, like it's just so good that you just said it depends on the event and how we um how we um um how we conceive things. It it depends on that. It just just analogy gave uh, that you you see a fast car and you you just, it just seems so cool to you and you say oh that's such a cool car. But then some of your close ones died in that accident and you'll be like oh that's so bad or dangerous, right? So it just it just really resonated with me and I I one hundred percent agree with you and. Yeah, the creator, of course, if, if the creator has created us, then there's something, right? The the most merciful and yeah, who who, who knows who, you know, the you creator know is... where your life's going to go and what your thing's going to do. So, so I, I try to live in the unknown. I try to live in a place where I don't know what's going to happen because if I can predict the outcome, I'm in the known. And when I'm in the known, amazing things don't happen as frequently. And when I'm in the unknown, and, and a good guy that I really looked up to growing up um, since I've been sober is a guy named John. And he always, he just always told me, he goes, Jeremiah, you're going to be successful. You know why? And I said, no, why? He goes, because he goes, you always put yourself in the opportunity to say yes. And when you're not prepared to say yes in your life for whatever event comes in your way, then how are you going to know? And then I think of the movie Bruce Almighty, where, or not Bruce Almighty, it was another movie where he, he just kept saying yes, Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey's heavy into this work, the mindset yeah, work. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's amazing. And, and, and then I just get the opportunity to say yes. Now, there's a job coming up that I get to bid that's 300 miles away. I've never gone that far, but I'm going to set it up. I'm going to go bid it. And that's just the opportunity to say yes. These fruits that are going to be worn and these, what I'm going to be able to do in my life is going to, is going to 10x or, or even more when I'm able to say yes and, and show up and be present and be aware. Not be on my phone, not be addicted to running the micromanaging my business and my crews and knowing where everybody is, where every one of my trucks are. Not doing that, I delegate that to, to my to my staff, and they're they're competent enough, and we have accountability to where they're able to do that, which allows me to be creative, and it allows me to work on what I'm really good at. And I'm a builder. I'm not a maintainer. I'm a builder. I'll build it, and then you guys maintain it. I'll come up with the ideas. You guys implement it. I'll figure out what's going to work and what's not going to work, and then I always I've always put my money where my mouth is, and uh, it's so far it's paid off. But at the end of the day, I'm writing my story, and my story is. It's going to – people look at me and they're like, oh, wow, you know, you've accomplished so much at 33 and you've lived five different lives. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is only the beginning because I'm just getting warmed up exactly. to who I really am. The older you get, the younger you feel. Yeah, it's, it's man, it's amazing stuff. It really is. So you started your first business when you were – 19 19 right so now it's all running smooth what do you think was the biggest thing you needed to learn in your relationship to keep your relationship and marriage running and in good condition you know like the number one take which you can the number one advice which you want to give to the listeners and to me, um, yeah, definitely. yeah. So, so, so with the relationship, um, 
and I just implemented this recently. Like my wife is a saint. She puts up with me like crazy. Um, she was raised by an entrepreneur, so she knows what it takes to run a business. Um, and, and we went without early on with a lot of stuff in order to, to postpone the glory and the, and the abundance and things like that. So um, with my wife, it, it would just be to listen to her, do the love language test. Um, there's a thing that you can do. It's You can just Google it. It's the love language test. Yeah, yeah, Find yeah. out what her find out yeah, what that's a book, right? Um, by Gary. Um, I forgot the name actually. I didn't Correct. read I, that read book. It. I just heard about that. The five love languages. Um, you know, uh, words of affirmation, physical touch, uh, uh, quality time, gifts, and the fifth one was. I, I don't even know. I, I, I know what she is. She, my wife's. I, I know what her love languages are. Hers is is time and affirmation. Mine's affirmation and physical. So I mean, I'm able to do these things, and we and we spend time with each other. I, even when she was my girlfriend, even when she's my wife and the mother of my children, she's still my girlfriend. I still like to make her feel important. I still like to take my wife on dates. I take care of my body physically. We we dress nice. We look nice. We feel nice and I let her know how beautiful she really is. And when I feel something in my heart with lack, I look inside me and I say, how can I do more of this for her? Because if, if I'm feeling it, she's feeling it. So it's just putting somebody else's in front of yours is, is my relationship advice. Business advice is don't quit five minutes before the miracle happens. So Everybody stops when they don't think it's working. You can make millions of dollars in any business and any revenue. And it's not about what you're passionate about and what, because business is business. Business is a science, not an art. So you get the right advice. Don't be afraid to cut checks to get the proper coaching and the proper guidance, um, no matter what it can take. I'm not saying go to 10X if you can't afford it, um, but coaches, hiring coaches is well worth it. Getting in the masterminds and things like that. Uh, just getting, you can't want to succeed. You have to be totally obsessed with succeeding and it has to consume you to the point where it doesn't matter what it's going to take. You're going to get there. And when you make that mindset up in your mind and the universe responds to it, it's going to be greater than anything you've ever experienced. Definitely. A hundred percent. It's so nice. Um, I've also started to implement the five uh, love languages. Um, so yeah, it's it's quite really effective, and I heard that from the first uh, uh, the first time from Jay, and I'm I'm really looking forward to reading that book. Did you read that book? I did not. I did not. I have I, I buy so many books. Um, I I have a bookshelf full of books, and and right now I'm finishing the Four Agreements, which was probably one of the best books I've ever read. Oh, what's your favorite book? The most impactful book was Traction because I implemented it through my business and then they had three other books after that that I read. But um, I would have to say be, it was Millionaire Success Habits until I read The Four Agreements. So I'd have to say in the, as I'm on it right now, so I'm very partial to it, is The Four Agreements. It's a, If you're a fast reader, it's, a, it's literally a one-day read. Um, I'm not a very fast reader, so I, it takes me a while. So I've been on it for about a month. Um, I was I do a lot of videos and, and things like that as far as my coaching and stuff goes. So um, with, with that, four agreements is you got to read it if you haven't read it. And I really appreciate your time. Thanks to everyone who listened to this episode till here. I really, really, really hope this provided 
provide a lot of value to every single one of you it personally personally to me it did a lot i took notes i listened to this episode before uploading obviously uh, I don't listen to my podcast episodes, but I did on this one because I had to learn and take notes a lot from Jeremiah. It was a fascinating conversation. Uh, in the end, he had to go because he had a meeting. Really appreciate his time. If you are listening, Jeremiah, thank you so much for being on the show. And I'll touch you guys in the next episode. Solo episodes are coming and they're really good. So stay tuned. More interviews coming soon. I do not want to interview just anyone because I just want to interview people who I really believe in having conversation with. So yeah, stuffs are coming. So thank you for listening. Bye-bye.